Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 306. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news, attackers are using voice bots to automate 2FA token extraction. So the attacker has all the information on the victim, and they have the bot call the victim because they're not good at social engineering or for whatever reason. The bot calls the victim and speaks, you know, using whatever voice that the bot is using, and asks for the token. At the same time, the attacker actually sends a valid token to the victim. And if the victim reads that token to the bot, it is then passed to the attacker. And now they've bypassed 2FA. And evidently, this is rising in prevalence. The US has placed a $10 million bounty on information regarding the dark side ransomware operators. This is the advantage of being a nation state and being able to throw around money. CISA has released a list of 306 vulnerabilities that are known to be exploited in the wild by attackers. You'll recognize hits by Excelion, Adobe, Android, Apache, Microsoft, and many, many others. The U.S. has blacklisted Israel's NSO Group, the developer of the Pegasus spyware. Yahoo has pulled out of China, citing the increasingly challenging business and legal environment. It's an understatement. DDoS Secrets, which is a government transparency website, has published 1.8 terabytes of police helicopter surveillance. The footage comes from the Dallas Police Department and the Georgia State Patrol. And supposedly, it comes from insecure cloud storage, which sounds right. A drone was used in 2020 to try and disrupt a power grid. The unmarked Mavic 2 had a massive copper wire held up with ropes apparently with the goal of producing a short circuit, basically flying over the lines and laying the copper line over the, the wires to short everything out. But it got damaged by hitting a house before it made it to its target. But the report here cites multiple attempts that are similar to these. My real question here, and this has always tripped me out, is why don't we see more of these attacks? Every time I hear about one, I'm like, why aren't there like a thousand every week? It's really strange to me how much of a barrier there is to doing harm, a natural barrier, some kind of natural barrier that basically stops people from doing things. Like I've always been very worried about remote controls, drones, and other even more advanced drone type of technology around airports. I mean, if you would have asked me, I would have said, yeah, you're going to see thousands of these a year, and we would have massive security groups all around airports. Turns out, Nope, you could just kind of walk up to them. There's a silly fence. People aren't really paying that much attention. And I'm just stunned that this is such an infrequent thing, like attacking airports, attacking power grids with uh, drone technology. I'd really like to explore why this is. What is the actual barrier other than, you know, fear of repercussions and punishment and that sort of thing? But there's got to be more to that because I feel like there's enough people out there 
who don't care about those things and actually want to do harm. Here's what you all think. I mean, does anyone else think along these lines? Like, why isn't more bad stuff happening? Because the tech is there to do it. Vulnerabilities, hard-coded keys in Cisco Policy Suite lets hackers gain root access. And two packages available in NPM were compromised with password-stealing malware, the COA parser and the RC configuration loader. In Recorded Future has partnered with Swimlane for enrichment of accounts, employment validation, password comparisons, and leak novelty validation. Technology news. DJI has launched their latest drone, the Mavic 3. It can take 20 megapixel images with a new Hasselblad camera, and it has an adjustable aperture of 2.8 to 11 with a 24 millimeter focal length. They keep making these things better. Quite impressive. Ubisoft has entered the blockchain arena, announcing plans to develop blockchain-based games. The Wall Street Journal says Apple is working on car crash detection for the iPhone. And AI is coming for wedding photographers. Video captured by attendees or by stationary cameras, basically at all types of different angles. Capture the footage, and then AI can slice, dice, and arrange it into a final video product, which... If I were a photographer, I would find extremely frightening. But with all things AI, I mean, it takes a little bit of time for this to become practical. And the better you are at your craft in this world, the less likely it's going to be for AI to be able to replace you. But it'll basically start eating the bottom and move out towards the center. And who knows how long it'll take to get through those various stages. But I do believe it is going to be a threat. At the very least, if you don't have a wedding photographer, and you just use a whole bunch of cameras in a whole bunch of different places and ask all your guests to film video and then upload it to one of these services, you'll probably get a halfway decent product in the very near future. Human news. More than 5 million people have now died of COVID worldwide. A study in the journal Science has found that the efficacy of all three major vaccines drops significantly after six months. Moderna, Pfizer, and J&J, effectiveness was 58 45%, and 13% after six months, respectively. That's a lot of drop-off. I don't know why they're saying only 65-year-olds and above should get boosters if the efficacy drops off that much by six months. So I'm at right at about six months with Moderna, and evidently my efficacy is currently around 60%, where it started off at 95%. So that's a pretty big jump. I was going to do a booster anyway, but and Pfizer says their COVID oral antiviral pill cuts the risk of death or hospitalization by 89%. So more players entering the ring. That's pretty cool. The US DOE has a new plan to pull carbon dioxide directly out of the air. Their goal is to get the cost down below $100 per ton and to use that tech to remove gigatons using that technology. Content ideas and analysis. NFT plus AR. I think one of the most powerful uses of NFTs and augmented reality will be the overlay of authentic, unique item status on top of reality. So imagine you're out somewhere and you're wearing a $4,000 watch and like a $900 pair of shoes. They'll already look like the real thing, which is definitely useful. But if someone has AR glasses, they'll be able to see a green check mark floating above the items, or whatever the overlay looks like, design-wise. And it'll also have a uniqueness value, 
and its context. For example, this is a Nomad Triaga watch, and it's 112 out of 2,000 that were made. I think the trick in the tech is going to be tying the physical object to the NFT that the tech is reporting on. Otherwise, you could just buy it for real and then sell it, and then you'd still have the NFT saying you own one, so it would be able to hover above your head. So that's not possible. You have to somehow say, yes, you are in possession of it, and it is, in fact, close by. So you need some sort of near-field communication. Not sure how you're going to do that with designer products and avoid the hacking of this. Could be that you can't avoid the hacking of it, um, but it will be hack-resistant enough for the ecosystem to survive. I mean, that's more likely, right? So I think uh, we should expect this to happen. The evolutionary biology behind wanting to signal that you have something rare and expensive is too compelling a use case for this not to happen. Incidentally, I think the most compelling AR module will no doubt be the worth slash reputation module. So floating above everyone's head, you'll have authenticated values from some service that does these validations for how popular you are in various ecosystems and how rich you are according to various validations that are done. I think it's really sad for humans that this is going to be like the top of the feature list, but this is basically the type of functionality that will push AR the most and AR combined with NFTs as well for like items. I mean, look at the fake luxury item market. It's thriving out there and it still works and, and the legitimate luxury makers are really upset because you often can't tell the difference, especially from a distance. So AR combined with NFTs would be a way to do that. So instead of just being able to say, wow, it looks like this person is wearing that thing, you'd be able to look at them and say, they do in fact own one. And eventually, most likely, it is in fact in their possession on their person right now. All right, next one here, Southeast COVID. So I'm intrigued by this New York Times COVID map, which you can't see right now because you're listening. It's a podcast. But the map is essentially the New York Times map of COVID that we've seen, whatever, for this last year and a half. And what's so interesting about the map is right now, it's the same shades of yellow and orange and red that we've seen this whole time. But the whole Southeast is very, very yellow. It has the least amount of COVID cases anywhere in the country. And one particular place, Florida, is almost pure yellow. It is the cleanest in the entire country. So what's the cause of this? I mean, I think I know the answer, which is that the Southeast ignored vaccination and distancing and masking the most. So the disease basically ran through the population. So everyone is either dead or immune, which is kind of crazy to say. But damn, I mean, the yellow looks really nice. Now, you're not going to hear me argue that Florida chose correctly and that everyone should have done what Florida did, because this map doesn't show how many people more they lost that they could have saved. But you are going to hear me argue for a logical conversation about the trade-offs of one policy versus another, backed by data. I mean, look at the Florida map. It is crazy. It's like all yellow. It's the cleanest state on the map. And you know they're not masking now or distancing. So they're basically ignoring the rules completely, and the state is completely yellow. So the question is, how long will that yellow last? And how much damage was done when they were all the time in the red, while everyone else was like yellow or orange? Like how many extra people died in Florida as a result of this to get them to this yellow state? 
I think given the answers to those questions going forward, how do we know the right moment to use which controls? I think we really need to have that conversation. Like, is there validity or when is there validity to the concept of like letting something burn through a population? Who else tried this? Was it Sweden? I think it was Sweden that said, oh, we'll just let it move through the population. That's the best method. And they ended up pulling back on that multiple times because they were just getting wrecked. And of course, they are pro-vaccine now. And, you know, I think they have pretty good vaccination rates. But we know vaccines work and that's got good efficacy. But we also know from the maps right now and recently that just letting it ravage a population also works. The question is, what were the costs of each, right? So we know Florida was red for a very long time. Did they just lose two to three times the number of people as these other states? Like, we really need to see this math so we could build policies in the future. My guess is that they just paid a huge price for this in order to get to this yellow state. And then the question becomes, how long does this natural immunity last versus the immunity that comes from vaccines? I think these are interesting questions, and I hope someone is asking them that isn't anti-vax. Or to put it another way, if the only people answering smart questions are anti-vax people, then the non-anti-vax people have failed us. And that's what I'm worried about. All right, notes. Lots of reading going on right now. Just finished our book of the month for UL, which was Their Eyes Were Watching God. It's absolutely fantastic. Thanks to Vicky for that recommendation. Currently reading Forward by Andrew Yang. Finished Rationality by Pinker. Starting Move by Parag Khanna. And starting the 10th book in the Cradle series, Reaper. Also bought The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Reading Wanting and a book called San Francisco. Plus, the new UL book for the month is The Design of Everyday Things, and thanks to Leo for that recommendation. Discovery. Learn in public. A call to teach yourself things by teaching other people via blogs, tutorials, videos, conferences. And I think this is really good advice. It's exactly how I got started in this whole world here. Don't do interviews. Do discussions. A visualization of the difference between bachelor's, master's, and PhD. Love this visual. Absolutely fantastic. It's a must read. Our podcasts, the new Wikipedia. Somebody created a massive visual around threat recognition. This is an eye chart and you have to zoom in, but it's quite an impressive feat. And Cookie Monster, a tool for decoding and modifying session cookies from Laravel, Django, Rack, Express, and Raw JWTs by Ian Carroll. I know Ian, and he is a super smart guy, so definitely check out everything he's putting out. Recommendation for the week. If you ever find yourself in need of more friends, make a list of promising associates and schedule some time to hang out more. When you're with them, open the door to the next level of friendship. Maybe start by being transparent, like saying, hey, so I'm thinking I'd like to be closer friends with you, and proceed to increase your level of sharing and or vulnerability with them. If they reciprocate, great. And if they aren't interested or they don't reciprocate, that's fine too. Nothing wrong with being associates. But don't live a life with too few friends for lack of trying. You probably know lots of cool almost friends, and somebody has to take that first step. So might as well be you. And the aphorism for the week, science is organized knowledge. Wisdom is organized life. 
Science is organized knowledge, and wisdom is organized life. Immanuel Kant